What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having an awesome day today. For those of you that are brand new to Grace Church, my name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace. My family and I have been on vacation for the last couple of weeks. It's been awesome. What a wonderful time for us to just have some rest. Uh, if you're watching online, thank you so much for joining us. Wherever you're at, whatever room, whatever screen or device you're watching on, hope that you can feel God's presence because God's moving. God's moving in Grace Church. And, and I'm so excited about today and, and what he's going to do in this service in the message and it just is exciting to me. And so to start out though, if it's okay, I'm gonna do a little bit of crowd participation. Uh, so sometimes I, I have the crowd raise their hand for different things. And so for those of you watching online, what a great time to use the raise hand emoji. Uh, so fantastic, so go ahead and do that uh, and to participate along. But how many of you would be willing to raise your hand and admit that you like to drive fast? Like, come on, I got two hands up, baby. Yeah, many of us, we do. We like to drive fast and we enjoy that. How many of you would also raise your hand and wish that the slow people would get out of your way? Like, oh, wow, just as many hands. Like, go ahead. Hey, y'all are in the left lane. Like, you're supposed to be in the right. Like, it's cool. Just go ahead and move on over. We're, we're good. But if you stay over there, we're fine. We'll, we'll pass you on the right. But don't get upset when we do. Like, it's cool. And I get it. We totally understand. And the reason we do that, though, is because we feel like we're in a rush. Right? We, we want to get somewhere. Sometimes we're a little bit impatient. We're behind on our, on our schedule. We just, we're very intentional though, aren't we? We're like, I got to get there. I got to get there quick and I have to get there fast. And, and I think part of that is our culture. Sometimes it's our own personal drive where we just, we want results now. And so one of the things I'm going to do now, I'm going to have you raise your hand again, but I'm going to have every single person raise their hand up and I'm going to ask you just some questions about how long you'll actually wait for something. So go ahead and put your hand up. Everybody, 100% participation. If the person next to you is not, you can tickle them. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That would be weird. Like, I don't even, you don't, I don't know you. Um, so, so hands up. So how many of you would wait for your favorite restaurant for 20 minutes? If you, if you would, keep your hand up. Yep, just about. How many of you would wait for your favorite restaurant for 30 minutes? Right, you're like, oh, wow, he's getting a little bit longer. 20, 30, maybe. How many of you would wait 45 minutes for your, okay, several hands. How many of you would wait 60 minutes, an hour? for your face. Yeah, so many of us, as the time increases, we're going, yeah, it's good, but I don't want to hang out forever. And so we would just kind of ditch at that point. But the thing that's interesting is every single one of us, we all would admit that many of us, we're all about going fast. We're all about immediate results, you know, especially in business, the bottom line and, and, and getting clients and customers, like we've got to continue to do that. But we also have to be willing to admit that if it's worth it or we want to do it, then we're willing to invest for something that has potential for long-term possibilities, whether it's an hour, days, weeks, months. So we're willing to invest in something that might take a little while to see results. And so the reason I do all that with the you know, crowd participation and stuff, because I actually believe that our spiritual life is the same way. I believe that many of us were going, I need to see results, God. God, there's got to be something done in me now. It's got to be immediate. And God is going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm investing in you for a longer term process. And so I just, I, we need to recognize that, that sometimes does God show up in the supernatural and, and miraculous? Absolutely. And that's amazing when he does that through the power of his Holy Spirit. But most of the time, he's interested in a process and what we're moving forward in. And so I just, I recognize that because many of us, you know, we started following Jesus 
and, and we, we, we were in a lifestyle that was not great. We were struggling with addictions and, and, and some sexual sin and, and, uh, and various things. But then when we come to follow Christ, we saw immediate change. We're going, hey, I've got to get rid of that. But it took a little while, didn't it? It's a process in what takes place because we have our prior life. But if, you, if we follow Christ, then, then we're different now. And, 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 and our life should look different. Should it not? That's absolutely true. But... We still struggle a little bit, don't we? I mean, we're still sinful. We still have a, a sinful nature in who we are, but we know we're to look different than people who don't yet have Christ. And so we should recognize that, like our life should be different from those. So if you're a person here or you're watching online and you're not yet a Christian, you're totally normal. Like it's totally normal where you're at and what's going on, but I, I wanna share with you, there's something else available. There's a different lifestyle available. And so uh, just so you're aware, at the end of the message, I'll give you an opportunity you know, to, to make a decision, to, to make a commitment to follow Christ to, so you can see him move in your life in a different way, in a new way, uh, to see things change. And so we'll, we'll talk about that in the end in a minute. But, but if you're beginning a, a new life in Christ, I just, I believe that that's the best decision that, that I know I've ever made. And so, but the whole idea is that's a decision, it's a moment, it's a time, but then we begin this discipleship process. Isn't that true? Discipleship is, is the rest of the journey and it's over the rest of our entire life. Everything doesn't get fixed in that immediate moment. It's a process that unfolds over time. And so what we wanna do uh, as the, the pastors here at Grace Church is we wanna invite you into a process into a new series that we're calling Follow Me. So there's a number of times in scripture in the gospels where Jesus invites people into a following process. If you're not reading anywhere or, or, or reading scripture, I would just encourage you to, to begin reading in some of the gospels and count how many times Jesus uses the phrase, follow me. Like, come on, hey, follow me. Listen to what's going on, follow me. And so today I'm gonna be in the gospels a ton. I'm gonna be in Matthew some. I'm gonna use Hebrews 12 as one of my texts as well. But the title for today's message is The Power of process. So follow me in the power of process. And so before I get dived in, or diving into the, the text and the message, I, wanna, I just want to pray, uh, if that's okay. So will you pray with me? So Lord God, we come before you. And God, we just want to acknowledge that you do invest in us. Uh, you give us a new beginning and a fresh start. Uh, but Lord, right now, we just want to acknowledge that so many times we have been rushed. Uh, and, and we've wanted, we've expected you to do things in, in, our, in our expectations, but God, you do things differently. Uh, and so Lord, I pray that you would enlighten us to that. Uh, God, the certain areas of our life that, that you're investing for long-term, would you show that? So God, right now we make ourselves available for, the, for your Holy Spirit to speak to us. Lord, would you communicate uh, regarding the process that you've put us in? In Jesus' name, amen. So there was one time uh, when Jesus was teaching some challenging concepts. I mean, really some, re some stuff where, where people were listening going, whoa, that's so hard, that's so difficult, it's such a struggle. And so what he was actually talking about that I'm gonna get into in just a moment was his role. So he was saying, hey, I'm God's son. I'm the, the son of man. I'm, I'm the Messiah. I, I'm the one that you're to follow after. You know, you, you need to receive me and, and, and what I'm doing and receive my teaching. But then he also made just the acknowledgement that some of you won't. So he said, some of you are going to receive me and some of you won't. And so he was just acknowledging that it might be too difficult for some people to follow after him. 
But there was this one time that I, I wanna read this one particular verse. It's Matthew eleven fifteen, where he says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And so this is kind of what I imagine. Like I'm like, Jesus kind of gets down low and he's speaking to you and I, because we're in the crowd. He's there talking. He's like, hey, this is gonna be hard, but it's gonna be so good. And so are you willing to listen and understand about what he's talking about? And so I hope that you are. I hope that you're willing to step into this following him and, and the process we're gonna talk about. So what I need to do like as, as a speaker, I need to lay some groundwork. You know, I, I did my intro, I gotta lay my groundwork. So we're all on the same page and then we're gonna go to a deeper spot. And so when we understand, you know, Jesus and who he is as the Messiah, he came with a strategy. Okay, so Jesus came with a strategy to change the entire world. He's the son of God. He came as the sacrifice so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. And we get that. But his strategy to have the good news be proclaimed for the entire globe was very different than what you and I would pick as our strategy. Because think about it. Let's say you and I were on the same team and we were offered this opportunity to be partners to come up with either a business concept or a belief system that would be global. And, and we were gonna go across the globe. So what would we do if we sat down? Hey, well, we wanna bring in some, some young minds, some, some young, innovative, creative minds uh, that, that are just brilliant where we can talk about some different concepts. And so with having them, we would also wanna bring in some experienced veterans, you know, that they've walked and, and traveled the journey a little bit and, and they can help us, you know, with their wisdom and experiences. And, and then so we would just wanna be innovative. We would wanna be creative. We would be very strategic and purposeful in becoming a global thinker, if it was gonna be larger than just our city, town, it was gonna be larger than our county, state, larger than our nation, go beyond, we would be very globally minded. Well, Jesus' strategy was very different because the first few people that he invited in on his team were Peter and James and John and Andrew, and they were all fishermen. And I got nothing against fishermen. I love to fish. It's extremely important. I love to eat fish. But you and I, we would kind of go after those, you know, the ones that are educated and, and the young, bright minds. And so Jesus was literally walking along the shoreline and he sees these guys. He's like, hey, come and follow me. These aren't executives. They're not educated. They're guys that smell like fish. I mean, how else do you put it? It's just reality. And so Jesus's global mindset was to use regular, simple, ordinary people uh, to, to, to have this strategy move forward and push forward. And so, but the thing that he did is he prepared them with the power of process. So significant. So we're talking about three years of relational investment because that's what Bible scholars believe Jesus' his ministry life was about, about three years when, when he came on the public scene. And so three years of investment in all these guys, not three minute microwave popcorn, three years of long, lengthy, arduous process that was a lot of conversations, a lot of heartfelt things, a lot of teaching and instruction. And so if Jesus picks these guys, these regular fellas, to be part of the process and to pour into them, I mean, 
I don't care who you are or what you do. Don't you feel like he maybe would have picked me too. I know I feel that way and you should too. No matter what you do, no matter where you're at in your status, it's possible that Jesus picks you. No matter your upbringing, no matter your background, your current employment, no matter if you have education or not, all of that doesn't matter to him. And so I, my goal in saying that is that you would look at yourself and go, you know what, Jesus picks me. He picks me to follow after him. And that's exactly what's happening. And so what I wanted to do was, I wanted to focus on one particular disciple that Jesus picks in. And I, I'm, I wanna pick Peter. So I, I love Peter so much. Uh, Peter's a great guy, he's very dynamic. But the reason I picked him, so he was a fisherman and he was just rough around the edges. You know what I'm talking about? One of those people where you're just not sure what they're gonna say. You're not sure what they're thinking, what's gonna come out. And that might be you, where in, in certain situations you're going, I, you know, you don't know quite what, how to respond. And so that's Peter. Like there were several awkward moments uh, that Peter had as a disciple. I mean, he would say the wrong thing at the wrong time. There was even one time when Jesus told Peter he was the devil. So it's like, what? And so it's just this insane and so I just, I believe that if God can use somebody like Peter, I believe he can use us at, to follow after him in the process. And he's investing in us just the same way Jesus took time to invest in Peter. He picks us and he's investing in us. And he picked Peter, not because of who he was, not because of his personality, not because of his occupation. He simply picked Peter because of who he would become. That's what the process is focused on. When we're following after Jesus, he's not so worried about who we were. He's even not so worried about what we're doing right now. He's looking at what we're to become. And so that's what is being laid before you in this message. Because look at what Jesus says to Peter in Matthew 16, 18. He says, now I say to you, that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. So we're talking about the entire church is built through this one particular God and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And so the power of process is way more about who we're becoming than who we were and are. So it's not so much about the right now, but it's Jesus knew that Peter has got something on the inside and he's gonna be the one and, and he's gonna build the church in and around and through him. And I just, I wanna say to you, you've got something inside of you. You have something significant and the Lord sees it and Jesus is picking you to follow him. And he wants to invest in your long-term potential in what he sees. Because to me, if it's, if it's true of a guy like Peter, it's true of us. I hope that you can see that. I hope that you can believe that. And so God's inviting us into this process. Now, everything that I just said, many of us, we already knew. Isn't it, isn't it true? Right now you're thinking, yep, I, I've heard that before. I, I've been in church a long time, maybe Sunday school, vacation Bible school. Grandma told you that for years. And wherever you're at, like it's not new. But the challenge is, are you remaining in the process? The challenge comes not in the beginning and, and understanding, but are you remaining faithful in the next steps in what's to come? Because in Galatians 6, 9, it says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest 
of blessing if we don't give up. And so the, the, the newness isn't the idea and the understanding. The, the, the revelation comes in, are we gonna remain and stay in that process? And I mean, it's just not popular. It, it, we would much rather have quick and fast and easy. I mean, we prefer that. I mean, how many of us would willingly enter into a lengthy process for anything? I mean, none of us would. We all would admit and say, I'd much rather go faster, be there quicker, and for it to be easier. But when we understand that there are processes in and around us all the time, there are things that we invest in for a long-term perspective, we do this all the time. Let me give you just a, a few simple examples. One of them's parenting. I mean, if you're a parent, or even if you're not a parent, you know if you're gonna take time and invest in a kid, if you want them to turn out all right. I mean, it's gonna take some, y'all, that was funny, yo. And so like, like if you want them to turn out all right, it's, it's gonna be more than just a conversation or two. It's gonna take time, it's gonna take years, it's gonna take decades of investment in that person. Uh, another great example is education. You know, here in our country, uh, we, we, we go to school for 10, 12 years, 16 years to get your bachelor's, 20 years if you're in the medical field or master's. Or I mean, we're talking about two decades of education. And many of us, we're continuing our education. Many of us, we're forced to do that, continue to stay up on our industry. And so we watch TED Talks. You know, we, we watch all these things. We watch master classes. You're in a class now, continue learning. That's very normal, very normal for us. I mean, losing weight, another practical example. It doesn't happen overnight. I don't care what pill or formula you're taking. It's not gonna be just a weekend thing. It's gonna be a lengthy process. And so discipleship is the same way. And so I just, I need us to recognize that, that we are strategic in our long-term investments in our life for the things that are important to us. And so I'm here to tell you that God is investing in you because he sees how important you are and how valuable you are and where he wants to take you. And so there's a few points that I want to extrapolate in just this first week of this series. And so there are some requirements. There are some things that we've gotta have in order to follow after Jesus, in order to have this process, the first thing we've gotta do is to be humble and teachable. Right, so humility is tough because in our culture in this day and age, I mean, self-promotion is, is often applauded and, and celebrated when we're, when we're advancing and, and we're advancing on social media and we get more followers and it's all about us. And you know, th then it's like, wow, you're doing such a great job. It's, and so the idea of humility is not something that, that you know, we get promotions for. Uh, so it's really challenging because we look at, we have a culture mindset when it comes to this day and age, but really my, my challenge to lay before you is what if we understood that in God's culture, that humility is actually more important to him than self-promotion. It's celebrated in his kingdom. In fact, there are so many scriptures and examples about humility. Let me just share one. In 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, not immediately, not when you and I want, at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. And so our job is to stay humble and to stay teachable, especially when it gets difficult, especially when the process is challenging 
Because many of us, we're, like we're bought in at the beginning, oh, this is great, I'm a Christian. And, and, but when, when things get difficult, what happens? What, what's the result? Because there's no such thing as an easy life. There's not, and we know that. And, but God is the one that uses those difficulties and challenges in order to shape us, to mold us, to, so that we, so some things in our life that need to be pulled out, that they're removed. But when we know that, and we see the struggles in our life, we usually think that the struggles are a punishment. Do we not? We're like, oh, we know God's gonna do something in me and I may have to walk through a trial. You know, we use that Bible term, like I'm going through some trials, and, but we hate it. Like it stinks, it's terrible. And, and oftentimes, if you're like me, I'm going, God, why? Like, come on, what did I do wrong that I deserve this? I deserve better. I mean, that's just human nature and who we are. And so what if we change that mindset and thinking of that God's trying to punish us into the understanding that God's actually using those circumstances, the struggles, the trial, to invest in us, totally different. An understanding in the marketplace, if one of your employees or you do something that's a little bit off track, do they not come and sit down and have a conversation with you to help you, to train you, to show you God does the same exact thing. He's giving you an evaluation saying, hey, this is what I've got next for you because I see more in you. And so this is what I'm gonna walk you through because we've all been through struggles, every single one of us. Some of you are in one right now and you're going, what's the deal? And so let me ask you, if you're in one right now, a difficulty, or you're, if you've gone through them recently, what's your mindset? You know, what, what's your emotional response to the struggle? Because to me, there, there's a, a couple of ways that we respond in the midst of those. The first is, it's, it's like we shake our fist at God. You know what I'm talking about? Where, where we're going through something that's, that's hard, it's difficult, and we're going, God, why? What, what did I do that's so bad? Why are you punishing me? Why are you punishing them? God, come on. I deserve a little bit better. And so we respond that way. But then there's a different way. What if we got to the point where we, instead of a closed fist and a closed mind and heart, if we just opened ourselves up and said, God, how are you investing in me in the midst of this struggle? What are you trying to show me? Right now it's hard and you know it and I know it, but I know that you have just this greater purpose for me. So would you show me, would you reveal that in my life? And so I wanna read a, a particular verse uh, to you guys that just is so powerful. Uh, regarding this understanding and the depth of this. And so it's Hebrews chapter 12. And so let's take a look at what it says. It says, and have you forgotten the encouraging words that God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one who accept, he accepts as a child. As you endure this divine discipline, everybody say the word divine, divine. So as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? So 
Nicole and I have three boys. Um, our oldest is 20. And when he was younger, uh, he was really uh, difficult to raise. Uh, I love him with all my heart. I'm so proud of him and the young man that he is. But in his personality, he just is strong-willed and determined. And some of you have a child like that. It might not be your first child, but, but some of you that have multiple kids, you're like, oh my gosh. There's, it's just it's this, they just are so determined and, 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 and strong-willed and like they're gonna fight against you for everything. It's like, you know, I have a piece of candy for you. Why? Like, what, why do you have candy for me? Like, Dude, just like, so it's just, they're strong-willed, they're intense about everything that they do. And so, you know, we were, we were doing our very best, investing in him, you know, first child. So we're trying to, you know, be great parents. And when he was born, they didn't give us the manual on parenting. They forgot to give that to us. I don't know if y'all got that at the hospital, but they didn't give that to us. So we went to parenting classes. Like we're trying, we're trying our very best and, and just saying how, how strong he is. And, and, and so I will never forget you know, th this, this one time he was, he was about five years old, you know, and had done something and, and I had just gotten done disciplining him. So I, it was just him and I, you know, in this room. And I, I'm not even kidding you, like I had just gotten done. And so he's five, little guy. I, I wrapped my arms around him. I remember it like it was yesterday. He doesn't remember it at all, I'm sure, but I will never, ever, ever forget this moment that I had because I held him. You know, I had just got done disciplining. I held him, I kissed him on the top of his head and I looked at him, I said, I will never give up on you. As difficult as this is, as, as strong-willed as you are, I will not give up on you. And so I made that commitment to him, you know, in that day. And so in that understanding of Hebrews 12 and God's discipline, and, you know, for those of us that are parents, but even if you're not a parent, if you're a young person or if you're a single person, you don't have kids, like you get it. Like it's easy to get that concept. And so how do we respond to God's discipline in our life? I mean, how are we responding? Are we responding with humility or with angst against him? And so the process of following Jesus, it requires us to be humble and teachable. The second thing that it requires of us is to be patient. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us with number two. <laughs> I mean, developing a mature faith, it takes time. It, it does not happen overnight. It takes a long time. And so if you're in the middle of discipleship and you're struggling with some stuff, that's totally normal. It's completely normal. But the encouragement is be faithful, persevere, be determined, you know, grow in the process. And so just kind of take this understanding of, of, in, of God investing in you and just say, well, how long have you been following Jesus? For some of you, it's brand new. Like you, you, start, you made a commitment to follow him a few months ago. Maybe you got baptized recently. Maybe for you, it's a year or a couple years, three years, five years, maybe 10 years, a decade or more. Whatever it is, it doesn't really matter because most good things take time. Do you recognize that? It takes time and investment. And so the problem is, is we don't know how to be patient anymore. And so please don't settle for the cheaper version of your spiritual self. 
than what God is allowing you to enter into. Don't settle for some other version or other opportunity or something that's quick. And, no, no, no. Like lean in and, and, and if, I could, if I could be a little bit direct to a specific demographic, you know, here in the sanctuary, if you're watching online, if you're a teenager or a 20-something, right? You're, you're in that kind of younger generation. You're, you're either moving into adulthood or you're a young adult. Uh, it is so hard for you to understand patience. Uh, and I want to admit that up front because everything is at your fingertips. You guys are so creative and so smart. Just about anything and everything is accessible to you almost immediately. You could wake up in the middle of the night with a question and you can find it in a heartbeat. You don't even have to use your fingers. You could just use voice dictation and the answer is right there. And you've got it and it's amazing. And, and you're thinking, Isn't, hasn't it always been this way? No, like it's not. And so please, the reason I, I speak to you specifically is because you're going to have to be purposeful to understand patience, to learn it. Because it is a process and that's absolutely intentional by God's design. And so recognize that and lean into that. That's why in scripture, when you read, there's so many examples about farmers and seeds and planting. And so one of the obvious reasons is that was completely contextual to, to that day and age. Like many people were farmers. You know, whether they were farming for, for agriculture or they, they were farming herds and cattle, you know, the, the livestock. And so they just, many of them were farmers in one regard or the, and another. So when you understand that though, you know, if God wants to make a mushroom, he can do that in six hours. You know, a mushroom is just, it's a fungus. It pops up, can pop up overnight. But if God wants to make a vineyard, it takes like decades, six decades to make a vineyard that covers the countryside. And so it's completely different mindset on the investment God is putting in us. And so when there's scripture verses about sowing and reaping, you know, and, and planting and harvesting, understand the concepts that are being communicated there. So let me ask you, what spiritual seeds have you been sowing in your life? Because you either are or you're not. You're either standing by waiting with your fingers crossed, not doing anything, or you're doing something. You're, you're active in investing and planting seed into the ground. And so how long have you been planting? What have you been planting for? Like what, for what purpose? And so if you're new in the faith, you know, you began the process. Like you, you got to clear the land. You got you to make some room. But the problem is, is there's weeds Right, there's weeds that keep popping up and you're going, what's the deal? And, and so if you're new in faith or you're still struggling with some weed growth in your life, that's normal. It's completely normal, but don't give up. Like don't, don't lose heart, lose faith. You know, continue to pull those weeds out. No, I gotta address that. Got, gotta, gotta plant well, gotta put the seed, water, sunshine, miracle grow. Let's make the, pull on that, pulling out weeds. Gotta go back through. There's some hard work that's got to be done, but we've got to remain patient and steadfast in what God is doing because we have to recognize there are different seasons in our life where sometimes we go through a planting season and sometimes we go through a harvesting season. You can't have the harvest without the hard work of the planting and the weeding. It's just, that's how it works. And so, and don't flip those around. You can't expect to harvest in a planting season. Some of you are in a planting season right now where you're going, why don't I have results? You haven't paid the time. 
You're, you're looking at the fall harvest when God's saying, no, 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 it's springtime. Let's go, let's plant. And so I just, I wanna, I wanna challenge some of you. You're in the wrong time of year. God is saying, I, I'm putting you back here where it's just me and you and we're, I'm gonna plant some seeds and it's gonna be a process. Are you willing to do that hard work and wait and be patient? And that's why we're doing this series. We are not on board with patient. We're not and we need it. God's showing that following Christ is a process and it's going to require that we invest and plant and embrace and encounter his Holy Spirit and then we wait. And we just wait and we wait. And so we're gonna be humble and teachable and we're gonna be patient. And the third thing that we're gonna be is committed. And here's why. It is so easy to drift away. It is so easy to go through a struggle in life and throw up our hands and go, you know what, fine. I'm not in anymore, I'm out. It's too hard, it's too difficult. It's too easy to give up. It's too easy to, to walk away from a church and not come back and stay away from it. It's too easy to lose faith entirely. And some of you are here because that's part of your story. You had the past where you lost your faith and, and you got disconnected and, and, and you went your own way and you're here back here now. We're so glad you're here. You're part of the family. Stay, stay and hang out. Stay and be committed. That's what it's all about. That's why we're here. We're in this for the long-term process because we all go through difficult seasons, but what are you doing in the midst of that difficulty? Are you staying patient? Are you staying determined? And so I just, there's a couple ways that we respond when we go through a difficult season. One of them is often that we pull away, right? So if we're in a season and it's a struggle, we're going, oh, it's so difficult. How many of us purposefully stay in the middle of a, of, a, of a difficult season? Not many of us. Like, hey, this is so hard. I want to stay right here. No, it's like human nature pulls away. And so have you pulled away where God's going, no, 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 stay right there. I'm, I'm molding and shaping and I'm doing things that you don't know. Breakthrough's coming. But what happens is you and I pull away from the Lord. And if you've lived enough years and you've followed after the Lord long enough, you know that that thing that you pulled away from, he's going, all right, are you ready? Because the thing that's next is I need you to step back into that. And you're going, I don't really want to. I know. But you know the way it works is when you pull away, God's got to show us that one particular thing because there's a breakthrough that we need for the next season that he's gonna take us in, but we can't bypass that. That's the cheaper version. Don't do it, step back in. So the, the things that we do, one of them is pull away. The other is do we lean in? Are you leaning in in the midst of the struggle right now? Because that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, hey, 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 if you have ears, you need to hear and understand. That's the leaning in. Are you wanting more? Are you going, God, come on, you gotta show me. I want you, I desire you, I see you're investing. Show me, give me more of your Holy Spirit. So we have the opportunity to respond differently. You know, I can talk about commitment all day long, but some of us, we've pulled away and I'm here to tell you like, it's time to lean back in. And what about when we hear a challenging message? Because I'll tell you what, Jesus preached some challenging messages 
If you read through the Gospels, I mean, some of the stuff that he said, you're going, oh, that should literally like pull your heart out and go, ah, oh, such a struggle. What about when you hear a challenging message here? What about when I lay it on the line for you? How do you respond? What if I said, we're going to follow Jesus at all costs? Is that not what scripture says? Hey, we're doing a great series, follow me, at all cost. That's hard. That's exactly what we're talking about. Now's the time for investment and planting. And so Jesus gave deep confronting messages to his followers. And, and we're gonna read one of them. Man, I'll tell you what, it's so different. It's so challenging. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about being committed to Jesus as the source. All right, so let me read these verses to you. It's John chapter six, starting in verse 53. It says, so Jesus said again, so he's repeating himself. He said, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you, but anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. That's crazy. I mean, come on, where are you at? Like, this is insane. This is, this is cannibalistic. This is gross. I mean, Jesus says, hey, drink my blood. Like, ah, oh, this is disgusting. Are you kidding me? And if you're new to Grace Church, you're like, if this is what they talk about, I'm out. Like, yeah, I get it. I totally would be the same way. But so the, that starts in verse 53. Let me, let me give you the whole context because so often we take one chunk a verse and we go, oh, see, it's right there. No, 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 what's the entire scripture saying? So earlier in John chapter six, do you know what's in there? It's the feeding of the 5,000. He takes some loaves of bread and some, some fish and, and they're eating. That's what makes sense. Do you know what else he's talking about in John six? He talks about, the, he, he uses personification where he says, I am the true bread of life. So he just serves lunch, says, I'm the true bread of life. And then he begins talking about consuming him as the, the, the son of God. That's what he is. He's God's son. He's the Messiah. He's the redeemer. And the rest of the context that he's addressing is, is related to the Jewish history where he says, y'all were in slavery. We, Jesus is speaking the first person, we were in slavery in Egypt God set us free thousands of years ago as we were traveling through, through, through the desert. God provides manna from heaven. Manna's just like bread. He's talking about loaves and fish. He's talking about being the true bread of life. He's talking about God providing manna from heaven. And he says, I am the one, the pathway that you get to the Father. You must consume me. Jesus is speaking in the first person, you must eat my flesh, you must drink my blood. And you know what happened when he says all that? People couldn't handle it, because it's weird. It's weird. Let's, I mean, come on, let's be honest, but it's so powerful, it's so significant, and it's true. But it was so different than what they had ever heard before. Why? Because the Messiah hadn't come yet. They were waiting for the Messiah, they were patient, and here he comes on the scene. He's like, hey, here's the deal. This is who I am. This is what's gonna be different. Followers left. Disciples left. They couldn't handle it. They weren't committed. 
it got too hard, it got beyond what they were used to. Jesus was using the, 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 the previous law, just saying, hey, this is the deal, here I am. I'm here to fulfill it. Man, so can you imagine just being a person and Jesus reads this or makes this statement? He didn't read it, he said it, we read it. Um, but golly, he, like he's pressing into their hearts, presenting something so challenging and that's what he's doing to you and I. He's saying to you, saying to us, do you truly believe in me? Are you going to follow me through the process, through the struggle? Because it's not just all about free lunch. There's some more stuff that we've got to do, but it's going to be hard. And so this is the depth. This is the level that I need commitment because of what I want to do through you. That's the way he looks at every single one of us. He wants to invest in you and I so deeply. And so what I wanna share with you is that, you know, just this understanding of this scripture where Jesus says, you know, eat my body, you know, drink my blood. So that's related to communion, which is incredible. And so we're gonna take communion in just a minute. But one of the things that we believe here at Grace Church is that you are welcome to take communion if you're a follower of Christ. Uh, it's just a simple understanding that, that we get to do that. So I know some of you aren't yet following Jesus. You know, I mentioned that earlier in, in the message that I'd give you that opportunity to begin to follow him. And, and that's kind of where we're at right now. So if you aren't yet following Christ, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, I mean, you, you can make that decision to pursue after him today, like here and now. That's what this is all about. Because when Jesus was talking about his body and his blood, he had to come and pay the price. He had to lay his body down as a sacrifice so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. So Jesus is like, hey, I'll pay the price. But when you commit to follow me, you, get, you experience salvation. It's salvation from eternity in hell. But by believing in him, now we have eternity in heaven. You know, so in, in the next life, and when, our, when we're done breathing, when our heart stops, we, you know, we have eternity. And so Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, I'm the bread of life. You've got to consume me in order to get access and passage into heaven. Very clear. And so what he's laying before you in this moment is... He wants to rescue you from your past life, from your current life, from your struggles. And he's like, come on, come and follow me. But there's a commitment, it's a process, right? That the decision to follow him is an easy one. We're like, yes, that's great, that's amazing. But the journey is lengthy and long, but it will change you. It will change who you are, change everything about you and change your destiny and your eternity but it begins right here and now. Because in scripture, it's very clear that it says that we have to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus truly is Lord and Savior. And so we've got to do that here now. now so here in the auditorium, we, we, don't, we don't want you to feel embarrassed. I am gonna ask you to raise your hand in just a minute, but I don't want you to, to, to feel like it's weird or whatever. So if everybody could do me a favor, just go ahead and close your eyes and bow your head. Just kind of receive this moment as a spiritual moment. We'll get into communion in, in just a second, but this is such a big deal. For some of you, you need to make a commitment to follow Jesus and it's today. And if you're watching online, you can make that commitment here online and we'll respond and react with you. And, but if you're here in the auditorium, if you need to make a commitment or a recommitment 
where, you're, where, where you're, you had, would admit that I talked about you earlier, where you were one of the ones that, that you knew that you needed your life to change and you followed God for a little while, but then you drifted away. And now you're back and we're so glad you're here. And so today can be the day for that. But I would just simply ask, would you raise your hand? If you need to make a commitment to follow Jesus, go ahead and put your hand up. I, nobody's looking around. And, and, and I just, this is between you and God. Yeah, this is a big deal. So put your hand up. You're not the only one, I promise. There's several hands going up. We don't want you to feel embarrassed or weird. Like this is, this is about you following Jesus. So important. So what I'm gonna do is you can go ahead and put your hands down. I'm gonna pray. And I would just invite you to pray along with me just in your mind, in your heart, where, where you go before God because he, he knows what we're thinking and feeling. And so we're gonna, I'm gonna, you can repeat these words after me and just pray with me. And then we'll all take communion together in just a moment. But pray this with me right now. Maybe you say something in your head like, God, I know I need you. God, I'm desperate for you and who you are. Jesus, I believe that you are God's son. Thank you so much for laying your life down for me. Would you forgive me of everything that I've ever done? Would you remove all the guilt and the shame that's connected to that stuff? Jesus, would you give me a fresh start and a new beginning? And I commit to follow you, not only here and now, but for the rest of my life, I commit to follow you relentlessly, regardless of what it costs. could do me a favor go ahead and grab your communion elements if you don't have communion elements and you would like to partake communion together if you would just slip your hand up our ushers would be happy to serve you they'll come in right next to you and 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 serve you but if you guys could go ahead and stand up on your feet we're going to take communion together because man when jesus read the that that verse in or when jesus spoke the verse in john 6 when he said this is my body go ahead and peel that top layer of cellophane out off and and grab that wafer because Jesus says hey you've got to consume my flesh and so for us you know it, we understand that the last supper and Jesus took the bread and broke it and and so this is the, what it what it recognizes for us and, and, and Jesus's body and we get to, to to walk into this and to experience him like never before because Jesus laid his body down so we could have salvation. Then he also, you know, said, you've got to drink my blood. And so in the Last Supper, he's like, hey, this, this cup is the, the cup of new covenant. This is my blood spilled out for the forgiveness of your sins. So we're gonna pray and ask for that, for God to change us and renew us and for us to follow him and make a significant commitment as we remain humble and teachable and patient and we stay powerful in the process through his Holy Spirit. And so, Lord God, we come before you, and God, we acknowledge we need you. We confess our sins. Jesus, thank you for laying your life down. You were the ultimate sacrifice. You were the lamb that was perfect. You did nothing wrong, and yet you came, and you bore our sins and and our sicknesses and our healings. And so, Lord Jesus, it says in your scripture that we can experience healing through communion. So we pray, God, would you do the miraculous work in us, in our life, in our family, our friends. God, we, we beg and we plead on their behalf, that you would move powerfully. And so God, right now, Jesus, in fulfillment of your scripture, we take and consume your body, we take and drink your blood, that we would be cleansed and forgiven. 
In Jesus' name, amen. So 